0: go on the journey, but you've been keeping up with it. You're also the biggest Preacher fan I know. Yep. So
1: where, where does it all fit together? They don't fit together very well at all. All the characters are different. All the all the characterizations are fairly different. The plot is um, not following.
0: Hey, Django? Yeah. I was kind of confused, and I think what is the big issue... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Do we need to start over from scratch? I don't have have me on there. Am I loud enough for your mic to pick up? (laughs) That's your level. (laughs) Um, Gosh, yeah, we should... It probably wouldn't hurt to start over. No, no, no. no, no. I'd hate to to lose the stuff you said, though, about... Acceptable podcast by the comics place where each week we talk about our favorite comic books, uh, drugs that we have and haven't done. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Mostly haven't. Mostly haven't. I haven't. Uh, hmm. Every week we get comics. (laughs) We pick them up from Jana at UPS and uh, we bring them back here, sort them up, give them to customers. Hang out with our favorite comic nerds on Wednesday, and then uh, at some point in there, we read them, then we come upstairs, and we talk about them. That was
0: (laughs) damn good, Jenga. That was
1: terrible, Jeff. No, it was so good. Well, thanks. It was so good. Mostly, it's just about being buddies. It's so much about (laughs) the buddies. It's like I say some really stilted, horrible bullshit, and Jeff still backs me up because... He's a buddy. <laughs> buddy life. That's,
2: we're buddies. We
0: love comics. We love this store. Um, Talk about buddy love. But the reason we're here is buddy because. Buddy love. That was a
1: Jerry Lewis character.
0: Uh, no, that was from uh, Nutty Professor. Pretty sure he was my
1: mechanic. Yeah, Jerry Lewis. But Nutty Professor? Oh, with my God. Eddie Murphy? You guys are 40 years apart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh holy I'm shit, about the there original. was a nutty professor before <laughs> yeah, any Murphy. The had his original away with it. the classic one, not Dude, the... I almost had to leave Hercules, that movie because it Hercules. was so Hercules.
1: scary. Hercules.
0: Not the Hercules part, but the part in the lab <laughs> and the personality. Oh my god, all of my anxiety stems back to having a different personality inside of me.
2: Wow, I don't I don't know if I even saw the Eddie Murphy Holy version.
0: shit, I'm Jeff and I was going to say a thing about being buddies and that's why we do this podcast, is just to be buddies, but now I'm really terrified about Nutty Professor's impact on
1: my PTSD of childhood. I'm Django and I worked at a second run movie theater where you could watch The Nutty Professor for two bucks a pop and that movie stayed in that theater for about six or eight weeks and I probably if you started that movie i could probably lip sync the whole thing that is amazing
0: i really liked that movie as a youngin
1: i thought it was pretty funny actually mm. too yeah what's what's the
2: movie you've seen the most times
0: wow roman you get your intro together while we think about
1: that oh i know
2: oh i already know it's that's indiana what, jones that's why I asked. for him
1: raiders of the lost yeah. art oh, okay uh, although i can tell you that the movie i've seen the most times in the movie theater is not raiders but you got to say what your name is and what you do. I'm I'm Roman. Um,
2: I I read <laughs> comics. I saw Conan the Destroyer 27 times. I saw Raiders
1: 27 <laughs> times when I stopped counting as a child. Can I tell you guys what movie I
0: paid to see in the theater the most times? What? Yeah, the uh, Matthew Broderick uh, early 2000s Godzilla joint. I'm not sure oh. if you have heard of, of the little classic <clears throat> Godzilla 2000. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, That's the only reason I've ever been to New York.
0: I think that the movie I've seen the most times is Fast and the Furious.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I could get that shit cracking for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think definitely the movie I've paid to see the most in a theater was The Commitments. The Commitments? Yep. Never even heard of it. Oh, it's a great movie. I think it's on on Netflix right now. It's about an Irish soul band. So listen, today we're going to spoil some comics, and uh, following is a list of comics that we're going to spoil in no particular order. Those books, Justice League, number two, Hit Girl, number five, The Bath,
0: number five, Gideon Falls, number four, Tony Stark, Colin Octothorpe, (laughs) Iron Man, number one, (laughs) Lost City Explorers, number one, and Shanghai Red, number one, not in that order, you guys, you don't know this, but you are hearing a s- siren
1: outside a right siren. now. A siren. A siren. This is the second intro we recorded because we realized one of our mics wasn't plugged in. It was mine. You don't have to. That's that's real buddy. Everyone. I usually
0: uh, plug the mic in, and I didn't this week, so I don't know how buddy it was. Up you in.
1: stopped coddling me. I, listen, I had to screw it under I the table, too. I set this stuff
0: up every week, and I ask myself every week, why do I set this up for everybody? And then I, I, I tell myself... It's it okay <laughs> to not do Django's because he's the most capable. Like, that's why I don't. I know that I, of anyone here who doesn't need my help, it's Django. Well, and that was the thought that went into that. That's
1: where you're wrong. I did
0: Roman because I love to. I love to just hold him and caress him in my bosom.
1: Oh, um, I, I love that too. Yeah, that's why I show up. It is very, very good. Did you guys notice how many not number ones there were this week? Um,
0: at least the four or five that we intend to talk about. Shanghai Red. Uh, I read. By I read. Christopher Sabella and Joshua Hickson and Hassan Otsmane El Hau.
1: What else did Christopher Sabella do?
0: I feel like it was like I did. He and Barbary mixed up. It was something like it wasn't Five Ghosts, but it was something like that. Okay. And That something hard boiled. Yeah, like image stuff around the same time Manhattan Projects was coming out.
1: So this is a story of a ship that has had these people in the hold, they, they bought these these people to, uh, they bought their debt, and so these people are working off their debt in, in on the ship, and I think it's been like three years. The first mate goes down to the hold to tell them, hey, your time's up, we're docking in Shanghai real soon. You can either sign on and be paid to do this same shitty work that we've had you doing, or we can leave you in Shanghai, high and dry, and you're kind of on your own to get home. High and dry, Shanghai drug cats,
0: 2018. Shanghai?
2: Uh,
1: and so this uh, one, one, one of the people down in the basement of the ship just goes on a killing spree and kills the people who had been keeping them captive, and takes over the ship. Turns out that uh, it's not a dude, it's a girl, and that's that's the biggest twist in here. Um, she's fast-talking. She gets the rest of the people who'd been down in the hold with her on her side, uh, despite their attempt at mutiny. She wins them over with her words, and um, she's go- trying to go back home to enact vengeance on the whoever killed her sister and her mother, and uh, baby, I'm not sure whose baby it was. And they end up in por- the, 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 the Portland. Yeah, Portland or Astoria or something, yeah.
0: So you had pitched this book to me like a month ago because we got a bunch of ads for it, um, <clears throat> and in that pitch you never mentioned Portland. I didn't know it was Portland. And that is the only thing that interests me about this. <laughs> yeah? Um, I'm not a huge revenge story guy yeah uh, it's just it's a tough thing for me to grasp, but I'm also not a huge pirate story guy. And Roman mentioned like yesterday or the day before, like, yeah, it's not about early settlements in Portland. And I was like, I am interested in fiction that takes place in early, early settlements of cities, I know,
1: yeah. um
0: it, and that's a very small it, part of it.
1: That's in fact, it's the last page. Yeah. only, although it's a very pretty page. yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't know if that's enough to keep me reading. It might be. I might check in with the next issue if it's not a a heavy week.
0: So it's worth mentioning that Joshua Hickson did art, colors, and cover. And I do think that the art is pretty spectacular. I think the art itself is is really nice, but I think above that the colors are, like, really nice. The light sources in it are very, very good. The sky is either, like, really red when there's murder going on or... There's just, like, beautiful glimmers of setting suns in the background all the time. It's it's a really uh, advanced uh, coloring ability for somebody who is also this good at the, the foreground art stuff.
1: I, I had a hard time following the story more than once. I wasn't sure who was doing things or why they were doing them. Um, and there were a couple... It, it seemed like there was some information left out on pages... <sighs> That, p- was, that was frustrating, because it was really pretty. Yeah. Right.
2: I only had that problem here in this wordless couple of pages. Like, I didn't know who was being whipped here, who was doing the whipping.
1: Yeah, that was one of my problems.
2: Yeah, other than that, though, I mean, I really liked it all. In fact, the, this coloring, like you're saying on this page, there's some red and pinks in the sky the sunset. And there's no reason for that to be there, other than that it's, it's a beautiful background. It's
1: a pretty sunset.
2: Yeah. Very nice graphics on this.
0: Um yeah, I I don't I don't think it's a a poorly done book in any regard, but it is pretty far away from a thing that I would casually read um for fun or anything. It didn't didn't scratch any itches that I have, but it it is very pretty, and I think that if if you are into really badass female protagonists and uh revenge stories, I think this would be right up your alley. Um Yeah but I'm not a huge revenge crime mm. pirate guy. We got to get Jeff on a revenge kick. I get yeah. I I'm it's it's the Trying same thing with
2: death wish movies.
0: Violence for me it's just 0 to 60. I keep that so in me that like I'm afraid that if it got out I would kill somebody. Like if I could get carried away with Venge, I would I would I would destroy people with sentences You're on a first
1: name basis with them already. Benji, we gotta we gotta back this off, Roman. I'm getting scared. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I I am very I'm <laughs> fairly scared of the oh, hostility Lord. that lives within me. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a dark area.
1: Yeah, I, I are we are we scoring this? We uh, should I'm, absolutely I'm, score it. And are I, we scoring it? Oh, okay. I want
2: to hear a little bit more about Roman. We're trying to we're trying to get through a good number of I'm, books I'm this def- week. I'm, I'm not. I don't know how much I care yet about the revenge part, but. For me I'm really interested in we get like on these pages get some more history stuff when she's recall when red is uh drunk and telling the other telling the dude about kind of how he, how she ended up here and everything and her history and what it's, what it was like being a daughter whose father wanted a son and he raises her kind of learning all the quote unquote manly things and getting into that history of the time period which I don't remember Probably the early 1800s in in the uh, Oregon area. I thought that was really interesting. So if we get more history stuff, I'm totally in.
0: That's how I feel too. I, I really do like the history stuff, and I like thinking <clears throat> about fiction that takes place in you know early incarnations of places that I know.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I mentioned Astoria, I was like, oh
1: boy, Astoria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why people say hello, Bellingham, when they're on stage at a rock concert. It's because everybody will start clapping. (laughs) I'm there! (laughs) I am Bellingham! Hit me! Um,
0: I give this one a 7. My ratings are a weird subjective scale, but I'm saying 7 because I do think it's a well-done comic, and I don't want to dock it. I just don't think that it's for me.
1: I'm going to give it a 6 for the same reasons. Except I'm probably taking off an extra point because it's not for me. And you're you're good at that. I'm, I'm good at that. I'm
0: too, I'm, t- I'm too in love with everything around me, which is where the vinge comes from. <laughs> I think it
1: is. I think it is pretty well done. Some of the storytelling was clunky.
0: For yeah, me. you're right. You're right. You're right. That's, you're right. Yeah. No, 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 no. Six point five for me. Oh, Phil, 0.5 geez. be damned. Phil. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll give it a seven. I mean, this one. I love that panel there when she goes to sleep and she's. T- you see how many tally marks she's got yeah uh, they're in called hash
1: marks Roman hash, hash marks
2: Drug oh test. okay I so said I was trying to avoid the hash usage um, and this, is, and this is, but going it into it Portland Bay that's Roman gorgeous. I've never seen you avoid hash <laughs> usage all over in your the back. life look at that first time I looked at the back cover
0: <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I want to mention quickly um I would love so we're coming up to ish, episode 100 in just a couple months here 80, 87 today coming up on it um we would love to get some voicemails or recordings from anybody uh, to play on our episode 100. We've got some plans for what we want to do there, but we would like to do a special episode 100. So if you've ever called in before, please call in again. If you haven't and you're listening, which is a lot of you, uh, please do c- call in and record, say anything you want to say. And then uh, that, that number is 1619 or record an audio thing and email it to us is totally fine also if you're in the store um, I would love any listener feedback on how you feel about the number of books in the podcast because I think we really like um, talking about a lot of books shortly we also really like talking about four books for like two hours um and i am really interested on what your guys's feedback is would do you want to hear a larger breadth of comic books and cover a lot of different things or do you want to hear um deeper conversation probably having a lot of tangential stuff because we really like doing both um but depending on how many people are here each week uh it You know, one one can be easier. So let us know what your feedback is there.
1: What if they don't even like us talking about comics? What if they just want an edited version of the the gags? I listen. I listen to a
0: lot of a lot of podcasts where the the subject of the podcast could just be thrown out because I'm only listening to three people talk, and that's what I'm about. So yeah, anyone's thoughts uh, would would be awesome. So don't don't hesitate. Moving on. Oh. I want to talk for a second about The Lost City Explorers by Zach Kaplan and Alvaro Saraseca.
1: This Zach Kaplan of Port of Earth fame. Yeah, the Capman. He sends us really cool <laughs> promo stuff.
0: He does. Thank you very much, yeah. Zach. Oh, I didn't get anything for this. Um, this was a pretty interesting book. It's not one that I necessarily would have immediately grabbed because it does have a lot of like kids on the front, and it looked like it was maybe gonna be one of those sort of uh, young adult. Books that we've just been getting a lot of lately and I've read a lot of. But this one has a really cool national treasure vibe to it. And the art was totally serviceable, but it's... You know, ultimately, we're looking for Atlantis. A dad goes missing, and we follow... His daughter, who is told that he was, you know, died in an experiment and that the company is going to insure them and give them money for the rest of their life as long as they sign a paper that says, yeah, he died in an accident. Um, and it turns out that he didn't. And there's people trying to cover that up. And
1: Is he not dead or did he just die? He's not, die not an necessarily
0: accident? dead. He's not necessarily dead. <clears throat> is he but covered he was, in gold? Uh, nay. We haven't seen him uh, in current day yet. Did he
1: lose both of his legs and he's being carried around by a woman from. You're thinking of The Road to El Dorado
0: by Disney Pixar. or just Disney, and while that's a fantastic motion picture, it has nothing to do with this one. Has
1: he been turned into a robot? A robot. A robot. That's a Futurama. No, it's nothing to do with
0: Futurama, Jango. I'm not reading this. There's no Farnsworth in it? Um, uh, One thing though, at one point they're at a rock show when we're meeting his daughter, and there's a band playing, and there's a bunch of lyrics that the band is singing, and in the bottom corner it says, quote, I want to get better, end quote, the bleachers and i don't know if that's a real band or a real song but it just how do you guys feel about when there's rock bands in a in a comic and they have the lyrics like black hammer had it in issue 1 of this age of doom arc and it was not lyrics to a real song do you, would you guys rather it be somebody saying song lyrics with music notes to non-existent songs or would you prefer it to be anchored in the idea of it being a real song? What do you think? I don't
1: read the lyrics at all in that situation. Really? Or if I do, I read them so in the background that I'm not paying attention to them at all.
0: For me, I try to read them and I keep trying to be like, what is this song? What is this song? Assuming it's a real song and most often it's not. This one apparently was
1: me I'll bet that that Black mm. Hammer one was to the tune of a Ramones song because the band was the Ramones, right? right? Yeah. So I'll bet that it was adapted for that specific situation in, in the purgatory scene
2: that's what i thought yeah okay it's not i'm kind of the same as django i don't unless it's like a, a famous song i actually know i just kind of blip over it and oh yeah there's some band singing
1: i don't I just, even like listening to music when i read comics
2: dude i oh yeah i usually don't have music on when i read i kind maybe of maybe instrumental to, but really yeah is
0: it instrumental or is it lyrical Um, I listened to all instrumental today while at woods reading a bunch of comic books but I also really like to have wrestling on in the background I, (laughs) I need something to activate like the 10 to 15% of my floating consciousness that will distract me if there's not something there otherwise. Okay. Um, so instrumental music sort of occupies a certain portion of my brain and then allows me to actually really focus a lot of energy into a different one.
1: I guess instru- it's instrumental different. or something I know really well doesn't bother me.
0: What happened in like Gideon Falls as I was reading it is like, you know, I was on shuffle and a perfect song came in and it was building up through the issue and like sometimes art and life have a way of like tethering together in a very perfect serendipitous way
1: royal city Mm -hmm. has a playlist at the end of every issue Like a recommended playlist to go, either to go with that issue or that just relates to his writing of that issue. And I think that's really cool. Mm. Preacher, in the letters page, which is something you don't get out of the trades, Preacher used to have a really, really good letters page with contests and Garth Ennis being really conversational with everybody. And he always had recommended albums Mm. and movies and books and comics to engage with. He
0: did that with Punisher Platoon also, which was awesome. Yeah, Um, Yeah.
2: And I think... Punk's Not Dead, does Nadis all have a playlist? Probably. Every There's been a
0: resurgence yeah. of of that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, this book is pretty good. It's got a real uh, National Treasure vibe. And it's got some teen angst, but not in like an insulting way. I really like Boom Comics. It's Sometimes I feel like they're sort of playing up teen aspects. And this one does that a little bit, but um it does it in a way that was just a little bit more relatable to me. And I can't quite put a finger on it. But you got a real sort of... Yeah, angry, angry teen, and there's a whole conversation that I would like to read on here, but I'm not gonna, to, because Jesus. But yeah, this is a this is a pretty good comic, and I think that if you are looking for non superhero books and you like, you know, Stranger Things, esque books, but maybe uh, with people who are about six years older, this is good. Um, teens who will swear and be at parties peeing on the toilet while they're
2: having conversations. How, how many teens are? Is it just the one teen looking for his dad, or has he got a whole group of friends?
0: Um, in this issue, we met a girl and her buddy, and she has a brother who is married and has a really sort of unbearably sympathetic, trying to be too much part of the family sister-in-law. Um, so we really met four people in this one. Um, the cover has five teens. It's got It's very Stand By Me-esque, but yeah, I, th- I think that uh, Stand By Me is the one... By Stephen King. It's not the one where yeah. John Cusack holds the stereo up, is it? No, that's Correct. say
1: anything. Okay, say anything by me.
0: Haven't seen any of them. What do you give it? Um, I give it. Um, I give it a seven. I give it a seven. I don't know if I'll keep up on it. I think I might though. Like National Treasure is a movie that I like for some reason. It's like a fun adventure where things make sense, and it's you know it's it's clearly kind of co- like constructed. Tony Stark Iron Man by Dan Slott and Valerio Sheeti <laughs> oh god Django so you immature can't say that name Jeff I don't know how to say that name Shitey. Shitee it's
2: Scottish it's Irish or whatever voice I'm doing Roman what do you got Shighty voice I really like this one I was surprised you fucking dog you. <laughs> I did <laughs> and at first I didn't think I would because when I flipped it open just briefly I thought oh I don't like this art it's too like young adult boomy sucky yeah <laughs> well there's a lot of boom books missed I like missed opportunity Roman <laughs> eh? Eh? shitty
0: I wasn't gonna do the obvious one <laughs> he never does <laughs> he wants to do the joke that
1: doesn't want him a damaged yes, joke
2: yes no joke that wants me to tell it is worth me telling it um, Something like that
1: uh, I wouldn't be in a club That would have me Yeah Plastic, That's, that's right. a Yeah Way. Moving Groucho on Marx. Wang, <laughs> Shitty Wang. Yeah this was a,
2: This was a lot of and, and you know I didn't I didn't care for Bendis' Iron Man stuff What I read of it I liked the Doom part But everything else I was like Ugh. So this for me Was a good Kind of reboot Of Tony Stark I don't know if it's Actually a reboot But he's alive again He's got a body again He's got his own Stark uh, Fill in adjective is
0: that a Company. Voltron suit?
2: It's a Voltron suit. I was just going to get
0: a thing out for a moment. It's the Fin Fang Foom Buster, like the yeah. Hulk Buster.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and I love that because Tony finally made a, a uh, Gigantor Voltron-type suit. It has all these components that he, they all come together, and he's got like a 20, how many, however tall it is, Fin Fang Foom fighting suit. Story. And 20 awesome. story 20 story that's it yeah thank you <laughs> here is uh
0: an infographic that shows all of the different iron man costumes with the issues in which they appear
2: oh my god that's a cool poster joel o'connor needs that
0: yeah i thought about joel i was looking at it too can you oh. download that and put it in the show notes um i could attach a link i'm not <laughs> very good with a lot of the computer stuff and anything that seems like i'm good at it's because Django taught me
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well this is a lot of fun starts out tony stark there's a flashback to like twenty-five years ago when young, like little kid, 13-year-old Tony Stark shows up, this older inventor, doesn't quite ruin him, but when we see him now, he's like working out of his garage with this robotics company. Tony Stark shows up to offer him a job. Actually not even really offer him a job. He just shows up and says, You're working for me now working with me
1: sounds like he's going to turn into a bad guy and make a suit of his own and come after tony stark that could possibly happen but then we
2: get fin fang foom i love fin fang foom is that where this whole thing came back to for you was
0: it the fin fang foom is why you liked this issue that
2: was that was part of it and then seeing and jocasta was in it she's part of stark what is it called stark we are iron man you mean no no his the name of his company now it seems like we are Iron Man. That was just that's his tagline, but yeah, industries because Joc- they're making everybody
0: an you know, Iron Man now.
2: But Jocasta's working for him. She's used to an ex Avenger. We got the big kaiju type fight. It was just fun. It was Tony Stark. We're just he's having fun. He's inventing stuff. He's got all this cool stuff. He does this um, micropod thing that releases nano a nano Iron Man kind of into Vingthum's bloodstream. And he can do this kind of stuff now. That's a theme of the week. Nanos, yeah. blood, yeah. bloodstream, yeah. bloodstream, nanos. Yeah, Justice League. It was just, it was just fun. It wasn't all <laughs> angsty and depressing and and confusing like I thought. Bendis's run was.
1: Yeah. It's, it's that childlike enjoyment of Fin Fang Foom. Yeah, that, that we keep roaming around for. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? I need a Fin Fang Foom shirt. I like the way you smell too.
0: <laughs> I've never really enjoyed an Iron Man comic. It's just not a comic book that I've ever been super super into. Don't tell Joel. Um, what's that? Don't tell Joel. Don't tell Joel. No, I mean I think well, as a little kid I really really liked him and I had lots of action figures. I had the Hulkbuster toy from the cartoon show, but just as an adult reading the comics, I think it's I think it's kind of tricky to write a good Iron Man comic and uh, I just don't know if he's maybe right up my alley. Um, and I also don't I don't love Dan Slott. Um and I read a lot of his Spider-Man stuff because I really like Spider-Man. Uh, okay. But this, yeah, kind of reminded me even like the Grant Morrison, Batman Incorporated idea, which I wasn't a huge fan of, and I love Grant Morrison, yeah. Um, which is just that like, we are Iron Man concept. It's just like, oh.
1: Or you did Parker that, Industries. Yeah,
0: you did that with Spider-Man oh, two years ago right. with Parker Industries. Um, you, Also, didn't we just make Riri Will- Williams, who's not in this picture now? So like, we've already expanded Iron Man and then threw it away. And now we're expanding mm. Iron Man again.
2: Yeah, she's kind of being rele- relegated to the
1: champions. What do you guys give it? Uh, I want to hear Roman first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to hear sure his it's... unspoiled 10.
2: Listen, well, yeah. I want to give it a 10. I, I liked it. I had fun. Found out Rhodes is still alive. I didn't know that.
1: Rhodey? Yeah.
0: He came alive in the last like two issues Iron Man.
1: Okay, see, I, did, I had given up by then. <laughs> okay. I really, looking at the art here for the first time, I really like the use of halftones. Um, I'll give it an eight. I'll
2: give it a six.
0: Yeah. I don't think it was super bad. I didn't read it. It was, it was a book. It was fine. Did you guys read?
1: Oh my God. Not
0: Gideon yet. Falls, number four? I really four. did.
1: I got to a certain point in this comic, Jeff, and you probably know what that Do you point think it, is. Did you think about me? I thought about you while I was pooping and reading this. Oh, dude. For long enough for my legs to fall asleep. I I looked at the page and just I was like Jeff is is gonna love the shit the out of this. when I got to that page
0: I was like a I love this and my other thought was I bet the guys are gonna think about me when they get to this Genghis page. legs are falling asleep. <laughs> I, I really uh that's awesome that you mentioned because I I I actually had that thought. And, so it's it's
1: ugh. it's a scene where something uh weird happens where the. Uh, psychologist that has been meeting with the guy that we think is uh, maybe schizophrenic or maybe actually sees the the black barn. She sees, she starts seeing things, and she turns around and she sees him. Is it him, her patient, through a through a mirror, and she reaches out to him. And when you turn the page, it turns into a. It's a two-page spread of a figure eight made out of cubes, and each cube shows a different scene in a timeline. So like she's reaching out, and you see her reaching out slowly as if it's frames of a movie, but it's in this figure eight, and on the on the facing side of the cube is another angle of another scene, and that's moving forward in time. And it's it's a it's a really good depiction of A movement of time and, and space in a comic, but also how fucked up it feels for her. Like, it, it breaks the comic, and it breaks the storytelling, and it because of that, it tells it perfectly. If you
0: can picture 38... Or, sorry, <laughs> a figure eight that is constructed of 38 small cubes, um, and then every similar facing side of the cube as it progresses, tells a linear story, so you're looking at three surfaces of a cube 38 times, to construct a to figure eight, and as you follow it, each surface of the cube follows a different narrative path that all ends with something breaking, and then in that final cube, it's broken.
1: It's so good.
0: This issue, aside from that double page spread, like <clears throat> other pages, we're really watching a phenomenal comic book artist come into their own on this series. They've done uh, Old Man Logan, and they did a lot of stuff in Secret Empire. It's an artist that I've actually always really, really liked. Um, They started uh, doing Jeff Lemire's uh, Green Arrow during the New 52. And they've just gotten better and better and better. And at this point, like, we are seeing some amazingly innovative stuff. At one point, there's just a page that has six panels, and they're all stacked on top of each other. And it just works as, like, a really nice uh, page. But the second panel is wider, and it makes the entire page across at that point. So there's all these religious overtones, but, like, Andrea Sorrentino is doing uh, amazing stuff with paneling. Uh, they've always done, like, panels inside of panels, and um, it's it's just getting bigger and better. And there's there's nobody... Um, J.H. Williams III, I think, does really, really progressive paneling stuff, but this is very different from that, but I would say as progressive.
1: J.H. Williams III reminds me of, like, Maxwell Parrish. If Maxwell Parrish was a comic book artist... Who's that? Oh, you'd recognize the art. It's like... Uh, like the woman sitting uh, with a sunset behind her, and like grape grape trellises coming over. Hmm. Uh, you keep yeah. talking, though. No. You 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 would, a woman, you would
2: woman, woman woman laying like on a stone a stone plinth bench plinth. Yeah, drape, lots of draping. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Columns, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Roman columns, Ionic columns. And this this feels. This feels more like graphic design to it's, me. No, I totally agree. And I, I'm kind of scared that Andrea Sorrentino is going to quit doing comics because there's a better job out there.
0: <laughs> well, it reminds me I sort of like of when Hickman wrote Andrew his own books. Yeah. Like yeah. weird gra- like graphic design storytelling. And I, I think, honestly, I think that in 15 years, we will see a lot more of this type of stuff. Like in my brain, I think that we're going to start seeing whole comics done in like single page mandalas that have like, I think that, I think that we're moving towards that as art. Um,
1: Chris Ware, which is,
0: yeah, exactly. Which is the exact opposite of the nine panel grid. But I, I, I I see a trend towards that and I'm couldn't be more excited about it.
1: I would give this an eight and a half. Um, I'm just a, I'm just a sucker for Jeff Lemire. And Andrea Sorrentino's killing it and Dave Stewart's a great color. fucking covers every one of them is like that. It's these faces constructed out of like roads and and maps
0: of towns. And it's and
1: it, like this one is the guy on the first page. Yeah. It really good. Yeah. Really scary too. Yeah.
0: It is. Some scary shit? Yeah, it's you can't you can't trust your own brain. I give it a 9. I think that it is know, it's a pretty incredible thing to be watching happen. It's a very,
1: very good comic book. I just love Jeff Lemire. Yeah, he's so good. Where do you guys want to go next? I don't know. We got two more Lemire books on the docket. Do we? Oh, one more. One more. Whew. Oh, okay. Lemire "I'm Lemire's doing it girl." <laughs> I'm gonna maybe buckshot some, some extra Lemire. Guys, tell me about Black Hammer.
0: Oh, it is. It is two more Black Jeff Lemire books. Yeah, because I got to hear about Black Hammer. Here, let's have our Jeff Lemire segment.
1: All right. Roman, did you read Black Hammer: Age of Doom, number three, by Jeff Lemire, Dean Ormiston, Dave Stewart, and Todd Klein, mm. <clears throat> and published by Mike Richardson? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh,
2: Mike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I did, and it's it,
2: oh, it was it was good. It started out real well with uh, Abe and I forgot her name, Tammy. Um, finally, sitting down in the diner where she works and talking, and they've had a they've had a relationship. They've had a thing going on, but. Is she still married, or is it just her ex husband is the sheriff?
1: I think he's her ex. Did did we talk? Did you and I talk the other day about how good that, like, the disappointment in this series has been? So, like, Abe was dating her, mm. and it didn't work because weird stuff with her husband. Yeah, and then in the other one, the the uh, guy that is kind of a John Johns, um, yeah, John Jones allegory is gay and hits on the priest who's obviously into him and the priest shuts him down. And just, like, the pacing of both of those stories and leaving us hanging and hanging and, like, it's just so mournful.
2: It is. It is. And it pays off so well in this because both of those relationships have sudden unexpected changes, like, her sheriff ex husband shows up here and he's totally friendly to the two of them, which he hasn't liked Abe before at all because he knows something's going on. He's very friendly to them all. He wishes them the best. Um, tells Abe to treat her right. She's a good, good woman. And they're both <laughs> and they're both just stunned. And later on in the issue, the same thing happens with Barbelian and the and the preacher. Um,
1: yeah, the preacher. The preacher makes out with him. And he's yeah, like-
2: lays one on him. <laughs> and Barbelian went there just to say his piece and and leaves it's like, i know you're not interested and all of a sudden smooch
1: and then we find out that it's all maybe a lie
2: yeah and it's okay, all I, some kind of manipulation by whoever's created this realm i they're haven't trapped in.
1: caught
0: up on this issue i read one and two but i was just going to say like i wonder if reality is shifting around changes that have happened in these last madam
1: dragonflies fucking with them Madam. oh and whoa yeah sweet tooth is in this issue yeah so that's Those are kind of the B story. The A story is the daughter of Black Hammer, who's become Black Hammer, is still kind of traversing uh, Purgatory or the afterlife or whatever. And she's hanging out with um, definitely not Sandman and his siblings. Honest. Yeah, Yeah, it's not dreamless. And uh, endless. Endless. And (laughs) she ends up going through all these different doorways trying to find uh, an exit to this Purgatory scene. And... One of the one of the worlds is absolutely Sweet Tooth. I was curious
2: about the first world they see.
1: Is that some kind of Lemire reference?
2: I think it's just Marvel Zombies. Or Dead, dead World, or Victorian Undead, or something? New <laughs> Dead guardians yeah. yeah, New Dead Guardians. Yeah, Mordians. New Dead Guardians. Yeah.
0: Dude, that Sweet Tooth reference is, like, one of my favorite types of, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge wipe your nose. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, it, yeah
2: and what the uh, ghoul guy says, nope, but I've been here before. Nice place. Yeah,
0: yeah. that is awesome. That's, like... Super in your face, but not so in your face. Trying to be subtle about it—that it's insulting. That's just like sort of like, "Hey, I'm Jeff
1: Lemire, and you've read my books, and I do what I want." Yeah, Like yeah. fucking cool. I would give this book an eight and a half. Also, it's it's just it's beautiful. All the references are spot on, and some of like that sweet tooth—that that's not a reference. That's just the character. Yeah, right <laughs> it's just a shot. Roman, I. Uh,
2: I also want to give it an eight and a half, but I'm not I'm not doing the halves.
0: Oh that oh, is that
2: is do a half I a, have today. Do do, do solid every,
1: numbers out of twenty. Do you.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you. Do quarters. And you
0: gave an eleven out or five. twelve to a book last week. Or the week I'll
2: give it an eight point seven five. Oh come,
0: Roman Reel it is. Yeah,
2: he's just rubbing come it on. on me. Yeah, get it in here.
1: <laughs> pervert. Pervert. Uh, Jeff Lemire also wrote oh I don't God. know if you guys knew this. Jeff who? Lemire. Oh. He wrote Hit Girl issue five.
0: Yeah, but does he have a podcast and fans? Uh,
1: probably. <laughs> I think he just does what he wants. Oh, fuck. Like, you, did have pod- really? you have a podcast. You got fans? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got nothing on you, buddy. I know. Um, <laughs> this is Canada part one of four. It's Jeff Lemire and Eduardo Riso, which is not a team I would have guessed. Eduardo Riso has done 100 Bullets. Uh, he did a good Batman run with Brian Azzarello. He's very, very moody art. And moody art is not something I think of with Jeff Lemire. Moody snowscapes is something <laughs> I think of with Jeff Lemire. He
0: did the, uh, or sorry, Eduardo, Eduardo Rousseau did the art in that Flashpoint of Ven- Night of Vengeance oh, Batman yeah. series where uh, Bruce's dad was Batman, oh, yeah. if you want
1: mm-hmm. a reference point. I think a lot of people read that. Yeah. Um, this issue follows Hit Girl, who's gone to Canada to kill some bad guys, and it's 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 just a Hit Girl story, but with Jeff Lemire writing it, and I don't know, he's so good at young kids and just like writing teenagers or preteens as believable characters, even in this ridiculously unbelievable situation. And then the art in here is just fabulous. the The fight scenes are gory and imaginative um, he does he does a thing where she gets a straw handed to her at the bar when she comes in and tells the guy give me a root beer fuck face <laughs> and he gives her a root beer and she she tells him she wants a straw um, and just the way he hands her the straw like it's it's a little bit weird and that like his Eduardo Riso is, is kind of a master of telling a story that you're not reading um yeah. And and it's kind of a threatening way to hand somebody a straw, and and then she beats up a bunch of guys and she's like stabbing them through the dick and and killing them with broken beer bottles. It's just <laughs> really good. And at the very end, I think Jeff was up here when I finished reading it. I just started giggling because she uh, she's trying to open this bear trap that's been on her leg for a day. She's stuck on a by a tree next to the guy that she killed, and she's trapped in a bear trap. And she's like, "All right, I got to get out of this." And then. A bear shows up right before she decides to cut her leg off, and it's it's just like, well, you were screwed before, but now you're real screwed. <laughs> so, have you been reading this series up to this point? Yeah. Okay. Um, and if honestly, if I hadn't seen Jeff Lemire, Lemire's name on this, I don't know that I would have read the next arc. Yeah, I would. I would give this. Uh, God, I'd give this an eight and a half too. Nice. I, wow.
2: One and one half, Sojo. Cool. I want to read it now because I didn't notice it was Lemire or Riso, So. I like those guys.
1: Yeah, and the last two, the last 4 issues were okay, but the art didn't really grab me and the story was just fine.
2: Yeah, and I haven't read any of that cuz Hick Rogers interests me, but
0: um my Beth boys.
1: Yeah, show me those jowls. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but I I filmed a oh. uh, thing one time. <laughs> oh god. And uh, I was supposed to Use a different accent for each meal that I served, the characters, and I don't really do accents. Uh, and when I served Jackie Kirsten, I said to sound French. And uh, anytime I do that around her, she like stops what she's doing and doubles over laughing
0: <laughs> and throws up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this you know, book,
0: you know what else you did though? What's that? On Monday, Django went down and R.I.P., a really wonderful store, is closing down. Mm -hmm. Um, What
1: store is closing down? Magic Mirror Comics in Mill Creek.
0: Yeah, which is a big bummer, so we hope everybody there has an awesome time finding new jobs and uh, that those fans find good stores for them. Django went down and bought some things from them. He brought... I don't like the look on your face right now, sir. (laughs) He brought a lot of (laughs) shit back (laughs) up here. He bought a lot of stuff. He first and foremost just left... All of it in our workspace with no labels or anything.
1: It was a surprise. Yeah. Well, the real surprise was that
0: the one fucking thing that he did was he came up to our game room and hung a fucking enormous Magic the Gathering cardboard cutout. Like, professionally spent time clearly working hard on hanging up a fucking Magic the Gathering sign, which, like... First and foremost, why was that the priority? Like, I can think of other things that would have not inconvenienced people. And above all, not scared the shit out of me when I got here super early Tuesday morning to grab a checkbook and walked up here. And there is a very angry life-size man on the opposing wall, like, running at you. As soon
1: as you open the door, I think and, you just answered your own question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that really? Did that occur to you? It was a perk. Uh, was like, I didn't want to lose any parts to it. I, okay,
0: yeah, that yeah. I was. I, I, it is, it is <laughs> the only thing more ridiculous and hilarious than the presence of that is that Django probably exhausted, having worked all day on a day off. <laughs> dropped all of this stuff off
1: but decided to do that one thing i thought it was going to take about 30 seconds it took about 25 minutes yeah and then i went home grumpy and i would say that it
0: probably would have taken like 45 i've watched you struggle hanging up all these things it's not an
1: easy task yeah well, I'm proud of it. <laughs> <It's>,
0: dude, <laughs> it looks very good. It's, it, it makes this place look more like a game room slash comic uh, podcast recording hall. Yeah. And it's, I'm very glad it's here. But it is a hilarious insight into the interworkings workings of Django's beef.
1: So, the beef number five <laughs> uh, Richard Starkings and Tyler Shane Line. It was Shaky Kane on Art and Colors. What was that? It was me gesturing a, a Shaky Kane. Oh, Shaky Kane. Um, Man, Roman, you should talk about this because <laughs> oh, I might throw up in my lap if I talk is about it. Is that Gandhi it. on the first page? It's, it's, it's Gandhi, Gandhi. <laughs> it's,
2: it's Gandhi introducing the story and about the philosophy of, of life and and equality for everything, including animals. And then he starts explaining to us – this is such a brilliant issue. He starts explaining to us the horrible things, again, that – our, our beef industry in this country does to cattle in order to to produce all the products that people enjoy and it's disgusting it's horrible, but it's done in this way it's like a marvel comic. I mean the bull's penis uh, give up day blows its load it's all done in these <laughs> capital letters, bright colors as, as if it's like and here's
1: dr. Doom <laughs> blows its load is definitely what I think of when I think of Marvel comics. <laughs> <laughs> or
0: yeah, or is waiting way too long to <laughs> just blow it, Marvel. It's all right. Yeah man.
1: Yeah, and it's so just go for
0: a second round afterwards. Eight hundred okay. issues
1: is enough. Just let it go,
0: <laughs> man. No one's enjoying this anymore. The person's looking with glazed over eyes. You're not impressing anyone.
2: So philosophically, spiritually, story-wise, it's such a brilliant way to introduce this. And it's educational. Um there's even an acknowledgement here to some Darius Scary book, I assume. And then it gets into the actual story, which Gandhi, he's here somehow, or it's a hallucination. It's Gandhi
1: made out of milk, right?
2: Yeah, it's made out of milk. So it's part of the beef's power source. And they're facing off against the two redneck sons of the the redneck dude that owns the cattle cattle processing plant and everything. And they're still facing off as they were at the end of last issue with, with the beef, with Chuck, our hero.
1: Yeah. Th- so the thing that surprised me about this issue was that uh, they killed the beef, they chopped them up and yeah. turned them into burgers, and holy shit!
2: Yeah, which are processed through the plant and packaged just like on the cover. <laughs> but you know what?
1: That's what they do to cows, Roman. It is. They they take your they take your kind, caring mm-hmm. cow and they chop it up. They cut its hands off. They throw it in the meat shredder. They grind it up into burgers. And
2: they torture it beforehand. Yeah. All this stuff, we, we are what we eat.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite line in this issue was, hey, Joe, this is like this is way different than your favorite line in the issue, Jeff. Hey, Joe. <laughs> I didn't read it. I know you get the meat sweats and all, but you have to keep your <laughs> shirt on in here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that, that's an instance of, Jake and I can really deeply enjoy the same things for very
1: different reasons. <laughs> You're just happy we have some color in this room. I'm happy that it scares everybody that walks up here. <laughs>
2: Um, I'll give I'll give this book a ten. That's my ten for the week. Jesus, ten? I loved. I've been loving every issue, but the issue before this, and then this one, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Um, so many levels. What do you give the series? The
1: overall series? Yeah,
2: I give the overall series
1: like a nine point five. So I'm gonna give this issue a seven, and I'm gonna give the overall series an eight and a half.
0: Listen. One of the three of us is gonna have to go first on a buckshot round. And I just don't know which one of us is gonna was. be ready to do that. Um and I'll fall on that sword. Go. Um, okay, I'll wait till that button goes.
1: Um It already went, Jeff. Oh
0: <laughs> I read James Bond the Body number six, the last issue of Alish Cott's uh James Bond series and I really really liked this issue I did not read the last one and I think that I missed out a little bit because it ties a lot into whatever happened with a woman in the woods in a cabin um, which I think was the last issue but it's basically uh, James Bond and Felix Leiter hanging out in a bar at the late, late night, and they're just sort of talking about their profession, and the people responsible for all of the things that have happened in the last couple of issues are behind them, and without any fanfare or anything, he somehow poisons them or something, and they have a heart attack in the bathroom while they're sort of still just ruminating on what it is that they do for a job. But there's really, really good comic booking because throughout the whole issue, what is going on in the background uh, seems to be really important, and you can't quite trace what's going on, but the artist really did have the ability to. Convey a lot of uh, time passing. Um, Then you got The Wildstorm by uh, Warren Ellis. Uh, This is number 14. God darn it. This book is so good. The artist is amazing. You can see that they're coming into their own, but like they do, it's got like Frank Quietly, Nick Patera, Jeff Darrow, super highly detailed, um, big action sequences, but we've basically been touring around, figuring out Wildstorm stuff that I don't really understand, but the art is a joy, and this issue and the last one have been really sort of self-contained, and I've liked that it doesn't seem to deal with the overall crazy mythos stuff. That was my stuff. I give James Bond, The Body, number six, um, an 8.5. It was a really interesting meditation on stuff, I almost took a picture of these two panels and sent it to Django um, that I'm going to show him in just a second uh, it was really, really really, just a, a good one and I give the series as a whole, I had not read one issue but um, I think I think I give it an 8 It's I don't really have a lot of interest in James Bond but this is a good comic booking uh, it's well done, and then um, The Wild Storm I give uh, I give I give that one a nine. I think the art is stunning, and I I do think that you can see some shortcomings in it, but it I I think that this artist is going to be a big deal in like four years. I think that they're going to be somebody who does really really good work, and I love Warren Ellis' big conspiracy series when it's clearly going to be a series that ends. So, James
1: Bond drinks Guinness. Um,
0: that's
1: what that says. He does in this. Does he?
2: Doesn't he usually? Or does he ever?
1: I, I can't mean, remember he's if, a classic
0: drink. if he's drinking well, the Guinness yeah. or not. Um, Maybe they don't have that at that bar. <clears throat> he orders a drink earlier on. Yeah, well, yeah. The bar Scotch and soda, them. please. Oh.
1: Well, he serves him a Guinness later. I think yeah, Felix they, they is have,
0: drinking the Guinness the whole
2: time. Oh, uh, okay. Well, they have a couple. Th- between the two of them, they have like four pints. And did you knows? read this? Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, who knows um, how much
2: Felix drank before they get there? Yeah. I did yeah, Google no, a bunch of... He's
0: and Soda, and then Felix is drinking the Guinness.
2: Yeah, I did Google, like, three or four things in this issue, three or four UK things. Like, I couldn't remember what a Scotch egg was. That was a drink. Uh, or it's, uh, how it's did it's you feel thing.
0: about that? How, about it? I thought maybe I was the only one that drank it. No, I... I, read, I read it. And I, <laughs> I, <laughs> the Scotch egg.
2: <laughs> Give me a James Bond, I've please. Googled that drink before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I... Um, I had to look up Felix Lighter too, because I couldn't remember. What happened to his hand? Yeah, got eaten just by in a shark. bar with a
0: robot arm.
2: Yeah, he got eaten by a shark sure. along his leg, I guess. Um, <laughs> it was a good issue. There was some stuff I didn't know quite what they were referring to, maybe from earlier issues or maybe from uh, English politics. I wasn't sure. But I liked their interaction. It was good comic booking. Um, the stuff in the background with those guys, that was very cool, the way he did that, and you didn't know what – James actually did to the guy in the bathroom, but caused a heart attack. And the fact that
0: they didn't show that showed yeah. that the, the real instance of what is important about this story is not yeah. what James does. It's how he feels.
2: Yeah, just the fact that you only see these guys over the shoulders of Felix and Bond. And there's one panel where there's no dialogue, dialogue at all, no text. But... Um, it's over their shoulders. The one guy starting to get up from the table to go to the bathroom, and Bond's eye cocks. He's aware of it. Felix, somehow in the art, I was thinking maybe he's aware of it too, but he knows Bond's got it, so he just keeps drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and Bond gets up and really follows the guy in the bathroom. There's some subtle storytelling.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Um, those astute <coughs> observations and comments are what I'm looking forward to And your bookshop round that starts right now. Ah, crap.
2: <laughs> I used up all my astuteness. Um, Man of Steel number four by Bendis, Kevin McGuire and uh, Sinclair. Uh, this issue picks up right from the last one. Uh, Superman and Supergirl are feet fighting Garaga Zogar or whatever his name is. The new the new big bad. Oh, so. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, I don't know. It was just This was the weakest issue so far for me. We do get a little bit more answers about the mystery of what happened to Lois and John. Um, Kevin McGuire's art was kind of cool to see, though, his version of Hal Jordan. I was like, wow, he's too Guy Gardner-ish. And there's just some bunch of action and some things, and I don't know, it just kind of fell flat for me. Um, I read Weapon H number four, mainly because the Man-Thing's in it, and I love the (laughs) Um, Man-Thing. Man-Thing apparently is being used by Dario Agar, the head of um, Roxon, to track down Weapon H, Man-Thing Weapon H fight. Um, Weapon H is his human identity. His wife finds him finally in this issue, and 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 he chases her away because he doesn't want her to get hurt. And Roxon captures Weapon H. To be continued. Red Spider-Man Annual Number One by Chip Zdarsky, Mike Alred, Laura Alred, and some other follow- oh Chris Pachalo did the backup story. This was a fun fun issue. Got to get into uh, J. Jones Jameson and Jameson and some early stuff with him and Spider-Man. How he gave Peter Parker a break early on. Roman, you just made it through. Th- Three books? And all I had was four, so that was awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
0: You're
1: getting speedier on those uh, buckshots. Thank you. I really like the Kevin Maguire art in the Superman. So Man, I, I love that guy. I think that it
0: was the best art of the four issues so far. Really? Well, I th- there's a really interesting thing going on where they are making all of that art look kind of the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it's doing whatever... For me, what I register is, like, Alan Davis-style art. Like, mm-hmm. they're sort of flattening things. It's like a, it's like Brian Hitch mixed with Alan Davis on all of it. Um, and I don't like whatever they're doing to try and homogenize it all, but I think that Kevin Maguire's art is my favorite of the four issues we've gotten because everyone has a different artist.
2: Actually, I do really like his art. I just didn't like his Green Lantern. I oh, I now. was
1: just about to say that's my favorite Green Lantern. See, I, 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 I'm just like, that's not how. <laughs> that's my Hal because that, that's the Keith Giffen Justice League Hal. Oh, is that how he drew him then? do I yeah. don't remember. I love the ad at the end for the the uh, Lee, weeks. Lee weeks Batman. You know what's amazing with his fighting? Is that Mister Freeze? Yeah.
0: Okay. What's amazing is that.
2: Oh, the icy. Okay.
0: A lot of people are saying the wedding's not going to happen between Batman and Catwoman, and like we've got a Catwoman issue like series starting that week or the next week. We've got solicitations for the next Batman arcs, and nothing has told us either way, like, it, I don't have a clear feeling of whether or not it's gonna happen from any of the ads, and I think yeah. that's pretty impressive. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. My problem with this Superman issue is, like, that is not an ending of an issue. The final dialogue is, my point exactly. Then I thought, just the fact that you tried so hard, dot, 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 end of issue. Yeah, what is that? What the fuck does that I mean? I have that same reaction. Every issue has ended on a really piss-poor, Cliffhanger and they all start and end with uh, circles in the beginning of like of the of the of the page. Like each issue has had a circle at the beginning and then ended with a circle, I believe. Just like uh, Hmm. Time is a flash. Pax Americana. Pax Americana is the finest bit of comic points that's
2: ever existed. There's circles all over it. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Every
1: chapter sequence changes with a circle.
0: (laughs) Oh god,
2: I love you, Grant. I do love McGuire's um his his Explosies? Action lines and explosions and, and just motion motion um portrayal. I'd give well, I'd give this man of steel a, uh, I guess a six weapon H I'd give a five Spider Man annual. I would give that a seven point five. Hmm. I'd really like to hear your thoughts on Dan Sloth's last Spider Man issue, but
0: we'll have to wait for I next know, week I didn't for that read one. It.
2: Well, what we're gonna go do a retro? We'll do a retro.
0: Um Django. What? How do you feel about having a relate like a deep
1: relationship with ninety seconds? Ninety seconds. Go! Oh shit. Infidel number four. This is uh more more weird, sad, horrifying monster shit. And I love it. I I think they're doing a really good job of discussing all of the uh Xenophobia and, and race relations that they've, they've done a, a good job of in the past few issues. And, God, these monsters are scary. They're so scary. <laughs> um, Batman number 49, I liked this issue a little bit less than the last issue. Uh, Jeff liked this issue a lot more than the last issue. Um, more Joker in the church. In fact, the Joker's been in this church for an entire two issues. In this one, he mostly lays down, because his throat <laughs> is bleeding, because Catwoman kicked his ass. Uh, Punk's Not Dead, number five. I had forgotten <laughs> that this series wasn't over. <coughs> um, it starts with a flashback to uh, the the old woman, who is our kind of uh, scully throughout the series, and... Then it's less of a flashback, and then it shows her old again, and it goes back to the regular art. I really like the art in here. I really like the, the story. Everybody should be reading that comic. It's really, really well done. Wildstorm number 14. It's more slow awesomeness from Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt, and the action scene is probably my favorite action scene of the month. Maybe minus that hit girl action. Dude,
0: the action is is. So well done. He's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And so remember when Warren Ellis did Moon Knight? hmm and it seemed like he was doing it as an excuse to try to write action.
0: Yeah, like that dread movie that had come out like six months earlier. A lot
1: like that, where yeah, one of the issues was basically just the raid where he's going. That's what it was—the raid and dread. I forgot that that was the thing. But like both, th- those are the same. Yeah, same basic thing. And he did—he did an issue of that. He did an issue where, he, like, every one of those issues just seemed almost as an ex- almost as an excuse for Warren Ellis to write a fight scene. Interjection: The
0: raid everyone talked about. And then everyone stopped talking about it when that Dread movie came out. Mm-hmm. And everyone talked about that Dread movie. And then everyone stopped talking about that and started talking about John Wick.
1: Very similar movies. I haven't seen
0: any of them. Do you oh. feel like they're all in the same family? I saw The Raid.
1: I think they're all worth seeing. Oh, they're, yeah. they're similar, but they're, they're all pretty good. Okay. I really liked The Raid. Yeah. It was cool. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give Infidel a 75 I'm going to give Batman a seven and a half. I'm going to give Punk's Not Dead an eight. And I'm going to give Wildstorm an eight. I like that. Yeah. There's a bunch of comics you people should be reading if you're not already.
0: I'm going to read Punk's Not Dead. Um, Roman, last yeah. week we had a shortage and it was delayed. Have you read Marvel 2-in-1 annual yet? I did. By Chip Zdarsky yep. and art by somebody else that we yeah, don't have the book in front of us. Um, I just want to say that that was a phenomenal issue. It brought back the Council of Reeds that Hickman introduced in his Fantastic Four run. Um, It did some really good Doctor Doom stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was far and away my favorite issue of that series so far. So if you have been reading that and liking it, or if you like Fantastic Four or Doctor Doom, uh, the Marvel 2-in-1 annual that came out last week
2: is really good. Yeah, and I actually had a couple subscribers that... Didn't want it. We're going to turn it back until I told them, well, it actually, it's integral. It's a huge chunk of the story from the monthly book, unlike a lot of annuals, where it doesn't have anything to do with the main story. It's better than you've, the whole Yeah, you've book. got to read this one, too, if you want the actual entire story. In fact, kind of the wrap-up wrap, up, wrap, blah, wrap up of that story. And I,
0: th- I think it's ultimately what will lead back into uh, Fantastic Four returning. We oh. got one more book this week oh. at the Comics Place Perfectly Acceptable Drug
1: Cast. <laughs> Beth. Beth Cast. Um, Is it Justice League number two by Scott Snyder and Jorge Jimenez? Jorge Jimenez. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it might be. Yeah. I listened t- to the beginning of the podcast and I was just kind of doing a little prediction with myself that that would be the other book. What did you guys? What did you guys think of it, Predictor Boy?
2: <laughs> I liked it. I loved it, yeah. This was awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a whole lot of words and a whole lot of imaginative, weirdo, Justice League, <laughs> st- like fake sci-fi, awesome bullshit. And it starts off with Lex Luthor Luther being such an evil prick. Yeah. He goes back to the uh, the uh, Legionnaires Club at his, in his hometown and blows it up because his dad was a jerk who liked drinking there when he was a kid. And that, yeah, that was that was an awesome way to just set him up as a giant douche. I
0: really like that they've got um, bad Luther back. I've, I really liked the whole anti-hero Luther thing. I, I think yeah. that's really, really good, but I think um, being able to sort of fluidly return him to being a bad guy was a thing I was sort of worried about. Doctor Doom and Lex Luther are both sort of in this uh, fluid state of being bad guys that we've had as protagonists anti heroes, and how do we get them back to this role that obviously they're going to go back to is has been an important question, and I think that Scott Snyder is handling it perfectly
1: how, Was there something that we saw happen i didn't read no justice. Did we see Luther make that transition, or is it just do we just chalk that up to the mysteries of metal?
0: I don't think that there was a really clear Pointable excuse as to why it happened. I think between metal and no justice, I think something in no justice happened,
2: or something. Like have some kind of interaction with Starro, where Starro was like, "No, I know you're still." Didn't he get Martian Manhunter had to some with a potted
1: plant and turn back to evil? That sounds like a Looney Tunes (laughs) thing that
2: could have happened. I saw that issue that that episode. I love Lucy. Yeah, but
1: I I think that.
0: You know, like whatever needed to be the reason, it doesn't matter as as much as the fact that it did happen. So we've got bad Luther again, and I think that, you know, there was the end of that Superman thing where he tore off the S symbol from his chest, the Mm -hmm. end of the Imperius Lex arc. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he was going back that way. I don't think there's a really clear instance as to him becoming a bad guy again, but
1: um, whatever. I don't really need it. So in this... The, it, this issue has, uh, has a lot of really crazy stuff that I don't think I've seen happen in the same way. Um, uh, John Stewart is out in the middle of space transporting a prisoner and he's got this little flower next to him that helps him uh, avoid certain emotions. And that flower turns into Swamp Thing and then turns <laughs> into Batman So Swamp Thing is communicating to Jon Stewart using this flower, but it's actually Batman who wants to talk to him, and Batman's telling him all this stuff in the middle of a battle. And do you remember the first issue of this series, the last issue, the entire thing was built around Martian Manhunter being their communications center? right? And so then to have this issue turn into... Swamp Thing being the only way they can really communicate yeah. with Jon Stewart. I thought that was really interesting.
2: Um, yeah, well, because well, Marshman Manhunter's busy in the battle.
1: Yeah. Being in blood. Yeah. Being, or- <laughs> being a giant ape trying to kill a uh, mutated killer croc.
2: Yeah, and I thought this was great having Swamp Thing do that, because I don't know if we've seen him do this since it was either during or right after Alan Moore's run. Okay. Where they had like these strange adventures that he swamped and could cast himself across space as long as he could communicate with some plant life with on another planet. planet.
1: Huh. Um, and then this also had Batman and Hawkgirl shrinking down small enough to be inside of Superman and his buddy Green Lantern, or uh, John, John Johns Jones. Jeff, There's a lot Jeff of Jeff Jones. Jones. Johns, Jeff and John, John Johns, Martian Manhunter. Um, they're shrunk down inside of them so that they can go inside of this dangerous area. And as if that wasn't awesome enough, <laughs> <laughs> Lex is also shrunk down in, inside of Superman's blood. And just like so much crazy imagination. They skip over, like gloss over all of the plot stuff. Like... I don't think we saw that headland. No. I think we no. just get Batman's recap to Jon Stewart for why the action is happening. I don't think we know why Flash is stumbling around. Like, we're thrown into the middle of a story that happened between issues one and two, and it doesn't matter because the point of this is to give us this setup for these crazy science things, I think. Yeah. And I think...
2: Sorry, Roman, were you to oh, I was just going to say, well, the last issue Flash started losing his... Having power fluctuations.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um. I, something happened to Scott Snyder in the last year, and I I think I contributed to working with Greg Capullo and Grant Morrison, but at some point, he has just stopped taking himself as seriously, and it seems like his books, and I heard somebody else say it, I don't even remember exactly how they said it, but they just sort of like, he's just way more at peace with the stupid aspect of comic books, Yeah, but... Not in the, not in an insulting way. In the way that it's just like anything can happen, and that is what's cool. And you don't need to burden us with explanation mm-hmm. as to why a thing is happening. Like maybe this is happening, and this is happening. We're tiny in the blood. This thing is huge. And when you free yourself from the constraint of needing to make everything make sense, you enter into this world of what comic books I think were and what they can be, which is just a sort of world of possibility and imagination, like the kids would play in. And there are so many small things in this issue that are just really cool ideas that are totally glossed over. And there might not be total uh, context for them. And I think that's totally fine. What is this? Yeah. Like when Lex is like, yeah, I've been going beyond the source wall and I have found some cool shit. Who is in this
2: baby that yeah, Grodd he, is telepathically communicating yeah, with Yeah, he hands this baby, he tell he tells him that um, he's already... There's, what's he say? I've uh, already unlocked the first force,
0: of which there the, are these many forces beyond the source wall yeah, that all of these bad people have been looking for. Yeah,
2: there's seven hidden forces that each force is something one of you, he means the other villains, Legion of Doom villains, has been looking for your whole whole life, whether you know it or not. He unlocked the first one, which was, was screwing up the Flash, and then he tells Grodd that there's this baby with green eyes. It's gotta be a clue. And I love how Grodd Picks up the baby and you like, "What the hell is this? It's a baby, Grodd. Pick it up." <laughs> and then Grodd knows who it is. Yeah, but we don't.
1: Who is it? But there's it, just really?
2: some massive. I don't know.
1: I know who it is. Who? who? Nathan Summers. Ah, oh. that's a Marvel, <laughs> DC Marvel All Access yeah. Justice League Snyder. Oh, it's X Man. So there's a thing that Snyder's <laughs> doing in this <laughs> that I don't
0: feel like he's really done yet, or in my experience. But like, he's just got omnipotent narrator. And I really like it. Meanwhile, in the Hall Mm -hmm. of Justice. Well, we transition from the Justice League to the bad guys. um, And there's just these two panels that say, there are places on the planet the brain trust of super scientists call veracity points, locations where the laws of physics reveal themselves to be mutable, fallible. At one such location, the Legion of Doom is just arriving. And then it transitions to that scene. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, (laughs) I dig that. That's like, this. This whole thing almost has an air of super friends to it, in a, in a yeah.
2: and I mean that in a really good way. Well, yeah. including and, the Hall of Justice and the Legion of Dodd. Yeah, yeah, the Lod. And yeah, I, reading this, I felt like, wow, this is what Marvel wants their new Avengers title to be, and they're not pulling it off. It's this really is working.
0: <laughs> it's really interesting that those both started at the same time, and Avengers three came out this week. And mm. Jason Aaron's one of my favorite writers, but I'm reading this and not Avengers.
2: Yeah. And I'm
1: inside it. Clark's body. <laughs> I'm his blood. Yeah, the to j- file under phrases never to be spoken. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and The jokes and the fact that this whole thing was sinestro,
2: how he finds this whole another, or maybe Luther found it, but this whole another um, emotional spectrum we didn't know about before. That beyond is the source. So
1: though. cool. Yeah,
2: it's invisible, and and at the end he reveals it's the ultraviolet core. I was and like, holy had, crap! That's a cool heard idea. Heard Why that, did Jeff
1: Johns come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> well, he did come up with. Everything well, yeah, is he not the other way. Um no, I <laughs> Jeff Johns did not invent yellow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I like that uh, I like that Scott Snyder's writing this on his own. I like that he is just leaning into the silliness. It it really is working and better better than it would if I think he was writing not the Justice League. Fuck it, I'm in. Yeah, Yeah.
0: just like, I could choose to poke holes in this. Right. But, like, why would I? Because it's too much fun to not.
1: Yeah, how does Batman get his blood around himself when he's that small? Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Cool. Didn't make sense in Space. doesn't make sense here. I'm sold. (laughs) I give it uh, an 8.5. I'm going to give it an 8. Uh... I can't imagine that this is sustainable for me, but I'm going <laughs> to read until it's not. Yeah. I, I, I'll bet that eight issues into this, I'm going to be wishing that they were just teasing Martian Manhunter about loving Oreos, but uh, so Keith far so already good. already did that. Yeah, but I would read more of that. <laughs> with Kevin Maguire drawing that shit?
0: No, he's too busy with Bendis. Bendis.
1: Bendis. Mm,
2: Bendis. I'll give it a nine.
1: Nice. Nice.
2: Nice, uh, nine did yeah. we give a 10 this week roman did you drop
0: a 10 roman gave i did a, a ten. 10 he gave
1: the For 10 to the, the beef. beef the
0: Beth. you beffed out 10 you tended out bath the beef the boom the,
1: the beef
2: boom old ten old you know
1: squatted a 10 out got the meat sweats so i feel like took a shirt off <laughs> we've done our
0: work here we can now bury this poo i, I wish i'd read that i got to read that amazing fuck <laughs> 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 the Amazing Spider-Man was good. Um, gosh, thanks, everybody, for being here and hanging out in this small room with us. Uh, it's nice to see all of your faces. I appreciate everyone's presence here. Oh, and you. And you. And you. Listener. Wonderful listener. Eh, um, not you. If you enjoyed this last hour and a half that you spent with us, um, you should write a review or at least give us a star rating on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use to get this And if you need help figuring out how to do that, let us know.
1: And listen, if you've already done it on iTunes, go do it somewhere else. Yeah. Or write us a Google review. Not a a problem. You can can do it in more more places than one. We work really hard. Jeff listens to this like nine times before it's over. (laughs) And you
0: should hear what I cut out because it is A, atrocious, B, abysmal, and C, also a lot of fun. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. For always editing. The dirtiest words out. There's some. There's.
0: There's a. You gotta bury some of that poo, real deep, <laughs> five feet below the dog carcass. Maybe someday we should offer like a a, a CD of our no. outtakes. You have to pay for it, and you definitely have to be like over twenty-one. Some <laughs> of the outtakes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, There's not some everything. that <laughs> never like need to see the light of day. I would yeah. say one of the reasons that this comes up on Monday is that I want everyone to have a solid two days to like <laughs> think about what they said <laughs> and if they're ashamed of any of it, and then to let me know so I can cut it out. It's and happened. I think it all has. of oh, us yeah. have done it. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I've I've texted you going, "Can you please? Is there a way you can just cut out that part, yeah. please?" Yeah, <laughs> and. Just
0: imagine how much I talk in this podcast, you guys, and then think about how much there was before I edited all that out. (laughs) Double. Yeah. There's double. Jeff has got a lot of words in him. A lot of words. Um, Speaking of which, uh, I'm Jeff, and I've got a lot of words inside my
1: blood. I'm Django. I've got a lot of blood inside my blood.
2: (laughs) meta blood. I'm Roman. I've I've got a lot of these guys' blood inside my blood. We'll see you next (laughs) time. Oh my god!